Good morning. Welcome to Grace Lutheran Church and welcome to our worship service. As Christmas is drawing ever closer, today is the last Sunday of our Advent season. We have been preparing our hearts to celebrate Christ's first coming at Christmas and to await his second coming under the theme, When the Lord Comes Near. And our service theme today is, When the Lord Comes Near, He Lifts Up the Humbled. Our opening hymn for our worship this morning is from hymn, three, uh, hymn 327, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature, and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, to call servant to Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Take away the burden of our sins and make us ready for the celebration of your birth that we may receive you in joy and serve you always. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading for our worship this morning comes from the book of Micah, chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. I suspect that you are aware of the little town called Bethlehem. And the, nor- the, the, the notoriety of that town stands today as an indication of how God raised up that humble place by making it the birthplace of our Savior. A lesson from Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, from you will go out the one who will be the ruler for me in Israel. His goings forth are from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Therefore the Lord will give them up until the time when the woman who is in labor bears a child. 
then the remaining survivors from his brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd his flock with the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, they will dwell securely. For at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be their peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second reading comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, beginning at verse 5. Our sins have humbled us. Even our offerings are tainted by its stain. But Jesus, our Savior, became the ultimate sacrifice for us and has raised us up to holiness and sanctification. A lesson from Hebrews, chapter 10. Therefore, when he entered the world, Christ said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but you prepared a body for me. You were not pleased with burnt offerings and sin offerings. Then I said, here I am. I have come to do your will, God. In the scroll of the book, it is written about me. First he said, sacrifices and offerings that were offered according to the law, both burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, and you were not pleased with them. 
Then he said, here I am, I've come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Please stand. gospel appointed for this fourth Sunday of Advent comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. These verses here will serve as the basis for a sermon this morning. In those days, Mary got up and hurried to the hill country, to a town of Judah. She entered the home of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Just as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She called out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? In fact, just now, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed, because the promises spoken to her from the Lord will be fulfilled. Then Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the humble state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed because the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated for the hymn of the day.
Who would you choose? How would you choose? When an important task needs to be done, many of us would want to see a track record, some evidence that the person we would choose to take care of that task would be able to get it done. Companies looking for a spokesperson perhaps look for fame and beauty and charisma so that that person might be able to communicate their message effectively. Who would you choose to lead your team or lead your company or lead your military? Why would you in any of these instances choose anyone other than the best of the best? Yet, when our Lord was coming near to His people, in a most unique and special way, He chose differently. When God was choosing the mother of His Holy Son, He didn't look for track record or experience. He didn't look for fame or outward beauty or charisma. He didn't choose riches and power. He didn't place his son into the arms of a queen or a princess or put him into a palace or even a mansion. He went to a lowly town and to a lowly virgin within that town. And he gave her the most amazing honor, the most amazing role, the most amazing job in her, Mary, the Savior was conceived, and from her he would be born. And though this unmarried woman would no doubt be humbled by ridicule and dishonor, though she recognized full well her own lowliness before God and before people, God lifted her up. He lifted her up to be the very mother of God. When the Lord comes near, He lifts up the humble. This is a profound truth. It's the theme of the song that Mary sings in her joy, or perhaps better, the poem that she recites. It's the character of this whole account, this whole event recorded for us in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. We already heard it as today's gospel. We see here that when the Lord was coming near, He lifted up with unique blessings two women who were humbled before God. And we ought to see this profound truth is at work throughout God's dealings with the world and with people. And it's at work in our own lives as well. So as we look at this event, as we apply it to our situations and circumstances, let's consider how the Lord lifts up the humbled. And let's consider this from four particular angles. It's His promise, His purpose, His presence, and His pledge. Lifting up the humbled is the Lord's promise to His people. God made a promise to Mary 
when he sent the angel Gabriel to announce that she would be the mother of Jesus, the Savior, even though she was a virgin and would remain so until his birth. And God kept that promise. Not because Mary passed a specific test or had shown an amazing aptitude, but because God had chosen her and filled her with His grace and with His favor. He led her to believe and to act according to what He said. Elizabeth also, at that very time, the time of our lesson, had been the beneficiary of a very specific promise. She wasn't the one who heard the angel. Her husband Zechariah did. The angel announced to that elderly man and his elderly and barren wife that they would have a child. And by the time of our lesson, by the time of this event, that child was leaping in her womb when Mary's greeting reached Elizabeth, her relative. Another promise of God was being kept. But both of these women, both of these women knew that God's promise to lift up the humbled had been around long before they knew their own roles in His plan. Mary's song saying about God's promises, promises that He spoke to the fathers of the people of Israel, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants. These two women were two of Abraham's descendants, and here they were, faithful women who had heard those promises and were waiting for their fulfillment. And God blessed them with promises that they would play a special role in that fulfillment. Those promises, the promises for whose fulfillment those women were waiting, went all the way back in time to the newly created world and to the first man and woman in that world. Those promises go back to the first time that God's people were humbled by temptation and humbled by sin. The first time that they really understood what it meant that death had come into this world and that separation from God was a real thing. From that very moment, though, God promised to lift up His humbled world, to lift them up through the offspring of a woman. Adam and Eve didn't need to prove that they were going to try harder or do better. They didn't need to earn God's favor. They simply received His gracious promise. And in the womb of the Virgin Mary, God was coming near to keep that promise. That was His purpose. It was God's purpose in making the promise. It was also the purpose of Jesus, His Son, in keeping that promise, in entering into the womb of the virgin and taking to Himself human flesh, the flesh of mankind. The purpose was to lift up the humbled. The purpose was to raise up all who had been humbled by sin, all those who could not enjoy a close and familiar relationship with God, all those over whom death loomed along with the threat of hell. 
God's purpose in sending His Son was to lift up the humbled. And so Mary could say, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. That very child in her womb was the one who would take her sins away. Generation after generation would acknowledge how God had blessed Mary by raising her up into this role. Generation after generation like us who still read about how God blessed her. But the the object of God's purpose, the object of Jesus' work, it was much broader than just this one virgin mother. It was much broader than these two faithful women. This was for the whole world, and this was for all time. Mary rightly proclaimed, His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. And Elizabeth was right when she spoke of Mary this way, called her the mother of my Lord. He, that little baby, Jesus, The Son of Mary is the Lord. The Lord and Savior of the whole world of people who have been humbled by sin and by sinfulness. His salvation comes to all who fear Him, to all who believe. When the Lord comes near, He lifts up the humbled. It's His promise and it is His purpose. It's also His presence. It's what He is accomplishing right now at the present time. He is coming near to His people in word and sacraments. He continues to humble us by showing us our sin, by allowing us to experience the consequences of our sin. And He continues to lift us up Raise us up by showing us our Savior. In Mary's words, He has shown strength with His arm. He's scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich He has sent away empty. Yes, God has done all of these things. God's done all of these things in an earthly sense. He's given physical food to people who are hungry. He's removed certain rulers from thrones. But even more importantly, God has done these things spiritually. He's crushed the, the haughty who see no need for a Savior. He's scattered those who in their sinful, selfish pride think they don't need anybody besides themselves. Over the past two Sundays, we've heard how God humbles His people and His enemies. The difference between the two is whether they respond to His humbling. God's people are led to repentance. His enemies cling to their thrones and to their pride and to their riches. And they will ultimately be humbled. Don't miss this warning. Don't let the focus of Christmas come off of the Christ child to be directed to your own feelings or opinions or desires or expectations. 
Don't lose sight of the greatest Christmas present ever given. It didn't come from you. It didn't come from me. It didn't depend on our shopping prowess or how well we knew the person to whom we were giving the gift. It came from God to you. And He knows exactly what you need. Be humbled by your sin, but be lifted up by your Savior. He, the Lord Jesus, comes to you in the waters of baptism. He comes to you in the feast of Holy Communion. He comes to you in the whispered assurances that He has filled you with everything that you need. He has made you rich by forgiving your sins and making heaven your home. The Lord lifts up the humbled. It's His promise. It's His purpose. It's His presence, the work that He's doing right now, and it is His pledge. I suppose we could have used the word promise again, but I wanted to find a different word. This is the point. The final revelation of this truth this fact, it's still ahead of us. We live in a world where we still see the proud and they aren't always scattered. There are hungry ones who are searching for food. There are rulers still sitting on thrones where they're causing all sorts of damage and misery and doing all sorts of evil. There are times when our lives leave us feeling empty. There are times when the weight of our sin feels like it could absolutely crush us. There are times that we are humbled only to be humbled even more. Here's the pledge. The Jesus who once dwelled in the womb of a virgin in order to accomplish your salvation, He's going to come back. You won't need an ultrasound to see Him. You won't need a forerunner to point Him out. You will see Him. And you will know who He is and what is happening. He is coming to keep His pledge and He will humble all His enemies with the harshest blow. And He will raise up, He will lift up all who have been humbled by their sin to look to Him for His grace and for His mercy. He will lift you up to live by His side. He will lift you up to never be humbled again by sin or pain or sorrow or suffering. Yes, it is His promise, His purpose, His present, and His pledge to you and to me. When the Lord comes near, He lifts up those He has humbled. Come near to us, Lord Jesus. Amen. I invite you to please stand.
and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please join with me in confessing our Christian faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe believe in in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. Eternal Father, throughout the centuries, you repeated and affirmed your promise to send the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. Through your prophets of old, you continually directed the eyes of your people to the advent of their Savior. We praise you, O Lord, for keeping your promise and sending your Son to destroy the works of the devil. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of our King, use your mighty word to shatter our pride and to rouse us from spiritual slumber and apathy. Move us to take to heart the words of John. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. You sent your Son to redeem us from sin. Let this good news be our joy and strength. Use it to cheer the lonely, encourage the fearful, and give hope to the despairing. In these days before Christmas, spare us from the stress of deadlines and the frenzy of commercialism. Fill our lives with the message of your peace and the music of your grace. Direct our eyes not only to the manger, but also to the skies, where we will see your Son coming again, not as a lowly child, but as the Lord of Lords. Lift up our hearts in joyful anticipation of that day. Hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions.
come quickly, Lord Jesus, in your grace, in your power, and in your glory. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. At this time, as our offerings to the Lord are received, we ask that you would please take a moment to fill out the friendship register located in the red folder at the end of your pews and then pass that along to those worshiping with you today. Thank you. Please stand. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord. And everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared when he called people to repentance and pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Mm-hmm. 
We give thanks to you, O God, through your dear Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to be our Savior, our Redeemer, and the messenger of your grace. Through him you made all things. In him you are well pleased. He is the incarnate Word conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. To fulfill your promises, he stretched out his hands on the cross and released from eternal death all who believe in you. As we remember Jesus' death and resurrection, we thank you that you have gathered us together to receive your Son's body and blood. Send us your Spirit, unite us as one, and strengthen our faith so that we may praise you in your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we glorify and honor you, O God our Father, with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. friends, because of what our Lord teaches us in Holy Scripture, here at Grace we practice member communion. If you're a guest with us today and are a confirmed and active member of another Wells Church, we invite you to the Lord's table with us. If you're a guest today and not a member of one of our churches, but you have the desire to receive the Lord's Supper with us, uh, please speak to one of the pastors today or at another time to discuss the possibility of receiving it with us. Those members who have properly prepared themselves for communion are now invited to come forward to the Lord's table and the ushers will direct you.
Please stand. The true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy is Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. We give thanks, Almighty God, that You have refreshed us with this saving gift. We pray that through it You will strengthen our faith in You and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Once again, a very good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, whether here at church or those who are joining us online uh, today or in the future. We thank you for uh, worshiping and using this opportunity. Uh, in the early service this morning, I was able to invite people over to warmer parts of our church property uh, where our Sunday school and Bible studies were taking place. We don't have more Sunday school and Bible studies taking place this morning, uh, but if you'd like to grab some cookies, you could even sit in the fellowship hall. It's probably a little bit warmer than it is in here right now. Uh, in all seriousness, we do apologize for the cold this morning. We continue to work on getting this uh, issue taken care of so that hopefully uh, we can have a furnace operational and we can have it as comfortable as possible. I didn't see quite as many shivers as the early service, but my hands are cold, and I'm sure many of yours are as well. We do celebrate Christmas this week. Please join us on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We have options for services on Christmas Eve at 4 and 7, uh, both of those in the afternoon and evening. One service on Christmas Day here at 10 in the morning. Our other sites have additional service opportunities that you might consider as well. Check out the schedule on page 17 in the worship folder if you want more information. And you can certainly grab an invitation that looks something like the one I'm holding right now, uh, pass it along to neighbors, friends, anybody who might not have a place where they are worshiping for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, invite them to join you. It's got all the information about all four sites uh, and our services. Remember also that New Year's Eve uh, service is taking place a week later after Christmas Eve. That service, that uh, New Year's Eve service, is an all-site service taking place this year at our Sarita site, which, if you think about it, is a church that we've now been using for worship just a little bit over a year. Uh, it's a great opportunity to see the facility down there, but more importantly, to gather together for worship with members from across all of our sites. Uh, we hope you'll make that service a part of your plans uh, and then do consider sticking around afterwards to enjoy some fellowship uh, following the service. There are a number of announcements in the back pages of your worship folder in addition to those that I've shared with you. 
please read through them when you have an opportunity. May God bless the week ahead of all of us, and we'll conclude our service with our hymn, All People That on Earth Do Dwell. It's hymn 601. <laughs>